The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? What is up? Wednesday, that means Todd McShay throughout the college football season. It means Kirby Hocutt the day after the committee college football playoff rank has come out. So that means 1.30 Eastern. Will Kane again, my co-host today, the Russell Show on ESPN. We're running Radio. out of Wednesdays, man. I know. I thought this was going to be your last no, one. This team played over enough. here. Be back in two weeks. Nice. Back so next Monday, too. I might have to sneak on, sneak on over. Done. So I was actually, we were going to do this kind of farewell production, and now we don't have to do any of it. So that's yeah, Put on ice. That's good. We'll put Will that off for a couple weeks. when it finally comes to an end? Yes. Will you well up? But I'll just get my Wednesdays back. Yeah, there you go. Why back? I know why you do this. A lot of a lot of guys work a lot because they like to get out of the house. Not Todd. Todd's in love. Love, baby. All right, me too. Speaking of a tear, <laughs> just so we're all <laughs> speaking of a tear. Uh, we did this story yesterday because it happened while we were on the air, and that's Eli Manning bench for the rest of the season. Giants. Everybody's freaking out. We've had some time to think about it, but here is Eli yesterday when first asked about it at his locker. Very emotional. Does this move make any sense to you? You know, I, um, I don't have to make sense of it. That's uh, This is what it is, and like I said, um, you know, you got to deal with it. Well, that's hard. It's been, it's been a hard uh, hard, you know, hard day to handle this, but, uh, you know, hang in there and figure it out. Hardest, hardest thing for the Giants, you uh, It's up there, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you might have started your last game for the Giants? I don't know. You know I, I, I don't know. I'll uh, take it one, one week at a time. Now, if you're listening on radio, you go, Rosillo, that wasn't very emotional. But there was a video there where he looked like he was on the verge, and it would make sense. Okay, so now that we've had a oh, night to sleep on it. Lip yeah. voice oh, yeah. shaky. No, no doubt about it. Is now it that I've now that I've had a, a night to sleep on it, I'm where I was yesterday. I mean, this makes no sense to me. And this isn't coming from any perspective where I'm like a huge Eli Manning fan. I think I've spent most of the past couple of years talking about him being mostly overrated. But this just makes zero sense, Ryan. Every which way I add it up, I look for an excuse for the Giants, a logical reason for the Giants to bench Eli Manning. It doesn't hold up to me. I don't think you're going to be evaluating Geno Smith. I think that's nonsense. I don't think any fair evaluation on Davis Webb. I don't think Davis Webb could do anything anyway to keep them from drafting a quarterback in the first round. I don't think they're better with Geno than they are with Eli. And the truth is, on the tanking, which you brought up yesterday. And everybody's shooting down, by the way. No, but here's my only response to that. They were tanking just fine with Eli. Yeah. If you told me that Davis Webb was going to be starter and you wanted to get him every single snap, I would understand it from a business perspective. I think it's – I mean, I just don't think you can botch it any more than this, though. Honestly, for what he's done – and I'm not – listen, Belichick is, is winning because he doesn't pay the past. He pays what he thinks is going to happen in the future, and more often than not, they're right about what's going to happen in the future with a player. But this is, to me, different. You know, you, you've got to let it ride, let it run out. He won Super Bowls for you, and he's been there, and he's he's battled through injury, and he's, you know, whether you liked him the last couple of years or not, whether his performance dropped, and I think we all agree it, it has. Well, you also didn't put an offensive line in front of him that was any good. And you, you didn't have a, a ton of weapons around him. And well, you drafted the weapons, but the receivers, no one stayed healthy towards the end of this year. Yeah, that's true. But you drafted offensive linemen that stunk. Yeah, Jerry Reese is... Definitely has a hand in this whole thing as general manager. McAdoo was kept because of all of us who spend every week talking about the NFL going, you got to get some sort of coach that just relates to the quarterback. You have to find that quarterback whisperer. We, we, we applaud Peterson. We applaud all of these other quarterbacks that have found a way. McVay, we talk about him every single week with what mm-hmm. we've done with Goff. 
And I think that's what we thought was happening here with McAdoo. And now they're just losing. They can't score. I've already done that Giants rant. I can't stand watching them play games. I hate that they're on prime time all the time because they're just so damn boring. So if I'm looking at them and they're not scoring, like could he just be benched for poor play and we're being protective of somebody with a resume? Like I'm trying to figure out because it's it's been so many people. Here's the are deal: you're going to you're going to lose out because of the way it's been handled, or you, there's no win. You're saying there's no win in this. There's I don't think there's a win unless you really legitimately think you you have to figure out whether you have your future quarterback in Davis Webb, which I can't imagine is the What's case. What's your evaluation on him? I thought he was a good a good player who had the potential, if in the right situation, maybe to become an adequate starter one day. That but doesn't re- sound like much, but right, but really. I thought he was a third, fourth round pick and a guy that could be a good backup for you. So it sounds like I, I'm you dra- buy into what I just way. said. I'm drafting a quarterback as early as I can, and I'm trying to move up as hard as I can to go get one of the top guys. Right. So therefore, there's not much of an evaluation to be had on Davis Webb. He's also, there, like Geno Smith, not the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants. You don't know that. You don't. Do if you think there's anything Davis Webb in, could do? Seriously, Todd, is there yeah. anything he could do in the next month to keep them from drafting a quarterback in that top five next year? Hmm. Probably not, but if he comes out and plays lights out and, and the top two guys go and you don't want to reach for Allen and you're going to draft one later, maybe there's a scenario there. Or, or if nothing else, if he comes out and plays really well, you maybe get some trade value down down the line, like a Garoppolo type of thing. A good time, McShay, Will Kane, the Rosilla Show at ESPN Radio. Time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. We know Geno Smith, right? Right. Like, we yeah, know that by now. I for a second during this segment. All right. But you, we know what we're getting there. there there's no Most upside to playing him. Most of us. Yeah, this can't be about Geno Smith. I mean, you don't even have it under contract for next year. No, this he's is a free about, agent. And, and for the people that go, okay, well, you know, who knows what you even have with Davis Webb. There's a rule, and there's a rule in the NBA. There's a rule in the NFL. I guess you apply to baseball a little bit. But when somebody says, oh, you know, that team, they, you know, the Giants, Drees, those guys really like Davis Webb. No kidding. They drafted him. They had to have liked him. If they're the ones that actually and, drafted and listen, this dude a year ago and passed on another 150 players. There were some people who really thought he was one of the best, I don't know, four, three or four quarterbacks last year coming out, but clearly he lasted till the third round for a reason. It doesn't mean he's not going to be good. We've seen it with other quarterbacks, but there's a reason that he, he got to that point. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think, what do you think the probability is that McAdoo and or Reese are back next year? Well... If they're going to let Reese stay, then that probably means McAdoo is out. Unless you just clean the entire slate with this thing. But it's just not the way the Giants run their organization. They are a very patient organization. And when they win, we applaud them for their patience. So you think McAdoo's gone? We all th- I think McAdoo's gone. I do too. Yeah. And you know why? Because he's slicking his hair back and now he's wearing shades more in the way he walks the Definitely sideline. Why. It's completely unfair. <laughs> but every time I see him with this look now, are you trying to be hotter? That's not going to work. It's better. That, that back. It is an improvement. Yeah. Is, is it? It is. You being hotter. You know, have you forgotten the the bowl cut? What about the big suit? You guys carry this in a sixty two. Boy, is this okay? Uh, Reese. Now let's do Reese. Do you, I don't think Reese will be back. I think they're going to clean house both of them. I'm just giving you that heads up that maybe that maybe you're right, mm-hmm. but. I do think it's so funny how inconsistent we are as voices in the media. That when the Giants win, we point to stability, ownership, yep. patience, sticking it out, on and on and on. And now it's a disaster. Let we me, want everybody let me say out this. There. I'm not saying what, what I think should or shouldn't happen. I get the sense whew, they're clearing the whole thing out. Okay, so this is why I asked you guys that. Okay. If yeah. that's true, Todd, yep. 
What's the upside for the, who's making this call, and what's the upside for them? Ownership it, is. It's got to be right. There, we know they at least rubber stamped it. If that's the case, that seems or, so unlike. This or it's a too. hail mary by Reese to save his job, saying, "Look, I did find something that, in Web." That would be my guess. Yeah. So, is the majority of the outrage about this whole thing? Is it just because we think Eli deserves to be handled differently? That he should be more respected because of his resume. Is that what we're saying here? Like, it doesn't matter if they haven't been very good. And a lot of that is, I think some of it's him, but a lot of it's the stuff around him. So I'm not making him blameless in this whole thing. But was the outrage in the less than 24 hours when this thing broke, has the outrage been about we feel like he should be handled differently because he's Eli Manning? Yes. Here's the bow on it for me, Ryan. You can unceremoniously dump your franchise quarterback if it makes sense. This doesn't make sense. Well said. I have one more tidbit on this story that may be the most important part of the whole thing, okay? There's one fact that you have to remember about what the Giants could be trying to do here, and I was working it out this morning. Actually, I'm overselling it a bit now, but it's a tease. It's great so tease. To, I'm I, interested. I have to do that. We'll do that and the reaction to the college football playoff rankings that came out last night, and, of course, that means on a Wednesday, Kirby Hocutt, chairman of that playoff committee, at 1.30 Eastern. So an hour with McShay right here at the Rosillo Show, Straight Talk Wireless, nationwide coverage on America's largest, most dependable 4G LTE networks, next right here on ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from GEICO. Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in Obvious News, GEICO makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them, with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's Obvious News from GEICO. Before we get to Kirby Hoka in just over 10 minutes and reacting to last night's rankings, I just want to leave you with this last thought on the Eli thing. The first thing I thought of when they were benching Eli was let's make sure we have the worst possible record. Yes, I thought tanking immediately. And you're right, Will, to point out they very well could have reached maximum awfulness keeping Eli in there considering how much they've struggled. But if you think back to last year, the Bears traded to move up one spot to take Trubisky. So that's moving from three to two. Just to move up one spot, they gave up two extra third-rounders and a fourth. And it gets weird when you're moving up just a spot or two. I mean, sometimes when you're moving up five spots, you're giving up a first in another draft. Yeah, and then a second later. So if you are worried if Darnold isn't coming out and there's maybe only two guys or maybe the front office and Jerry Reese thinks he's staying and doesn't like Josh Allen and maybe Rosen's the only guy, to to be sure you're going to lose the rest of these games, 
I'm not surprised they're putting Geno or a Davis Webb in there, hoping that they're that close or like locking in one of those top two picks here because you know Garoppolo is going to win the rest of his games for the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's you pay a really steep price when you're trading up just one spot for a quarterback. To your point, the Giants are sitting third right now. Yeah, drafts tomorrow. They're third behind the Browns and the Niners. I don't know. Honestly, and the, Niners, and the, Niners, the Niners are likely to take. Let's just say I don't know if they're going to be in the market. The Browns no. probably will be. Would it be think. great if the Actually, Browns I don't know didn't. with them either? Imagine they, if they, they, they right. They they that would. Be I awesome. say they have. They really should. <laughs> they really should. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Browns to be to like pass. Yeah, be like we didn't like any. Yeah, we've year. got another pick around eight or ten. <laughs> we'll we'll get add, one there. We get a fourth rounder in 2021, and we feel pretty good about it. Whedon, Manzel, Quinn. All of them were a similar situation where well, let's pass. We'll get one. We'll get one later. We'll get one later. We'll get one a little bit later. We're gonna do it the Browns way. Okay, the rankings come out last night. I don't even know if you could sit here and go, "Okay, I'm outraged by any of these things." What do you think is the most obvious tell from what we've seen from last night, Todd? I was surprised Wisconsin was at four. To be honest with you, I know they're undefeated, but I I, I was expecting. I don't I don't know that I was expecting. It showed you me thought that Bama was going to be there. Yeah, I thought maybe Bama and then in Georgia, right? But I personally think right now, based off of everything I've seen and just watching games, I, I can't speak highly enough about Paul Chris and what he does and how they figure out to, ways to win every week and just the whole machine that is Wisconsin football and has been for the vast majority of the last few decades. I just don't think they're as good as Alabama or Georgia. Now, if they go and beat Ohio State in a neutral site and they're undefeated, I don't. I also don't know how you keep them out. So I guess I'm kind of torn on that. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's a play-in game for Wisconsin. It's, I think, play-in games for the ACC and for the SEC. And then it gets interesting after that if, if Oklahoma were to lose or if um, Wisconsin were to lose, then it opens up kind of the mystery of, all right, is it Bama with one loss? Is it, um, you know, a two-loss Ohio State team? Which I, I tell you what, man, I was at that game, so maybe it has a bigger impact on me. The thirty-one Iowa game. points, <laughs> losing to Iowa by thirty-one points. There's a, a major flaw there. There's something that it, it's hard to get over for me. All right, so if everybody wins next week, it'll look like. Exactly like it looks like this week, except some seedings could change. But it'll be these four teams. If the favorites win, right? Yeah. So when we're looking for what was revealed last night, quarterfinals, Ryan, man. What tells we got? It's under the premise that either Oklahoma and or Wisconsin lose. Here's what I think we learned. And the first one you're going to say that's obvious. The second one, less obvious. TCU has no chance. TCU yes. being at 11, beating Oklahoma will not be enough to vault them into the top four. It will only open up a spot for Alabama or Ohio State. That's all it will do, and I imagine Alabama will be the biggest Horn Frog fans you've ever seen in the past, next week. That's the first tell. Seeing how low TCU was, number two, I think Alabama is clearly first in line to take one of those open slots, and I'll tell you why. I think Auburn's leap um, and Ohio State still being at nine says they really, really like the SEC. They just value those teams playing each other. Alabama is sitting there having lost to who they see. Is the number two team, but honestly, they'd be number one. I mean, it's those two losses. They love what Auburn's done, and rightfully so. And it's not going to be held against Alabama that much. So I think if one of those slots open up, Alabama has Ohio State beat. I don't think there's an argument between Ohio State and Alabama. I just don't. And that's with Ohio State winning the Big Ten. And what I'd said this morning on Sports Center when we were doing the Todd hit is that 
there's a difference between if we sit there and say, okay, we want the four best teams. Well, eventually there's enough losses on your resume where I can't talk about you being one of the four best teams Agreed. anymore. And most deserving and best do not always align. I think I would pick Alabama on a neutral field. No, I'll just tell you right now. Alabama, Wisconsin, after Wisconsin wins the Big Ten Championship, if they're 13 and they beat Ohio State and you gave me this imaginary world where Bama's lining up at the Sugar Bowl, or I don't care where, pick Alaska. Neutral field against Wisconsin, I'm picking Alabama to win that football game. But at that point, I'd be fine with Wisconsin getting in over Alabama because they won the Big Ten, which at certain points this year you can make an argument is the best conference. I think the best conference thing has alternated week by week this year because it's so close. But there's a difference between, like, I have a certain level where I go to where I go, well, I can't really talk about you being most deserving. I mean, if we're doing the most deserving versus the best, like, how many people would have Auburn outside of the top four best teams mentally if they lost in the last second field goal to Georgia in a rematch? A lot of people tell you they still think Auburn's one of the four best teams, but they would have had three losses at that point. Like, what are we doing here? Well, I think the committee agrees with you on this Alabama yeah. versus Ohio State debate. And I think Auburn they leaped, should. I thought Auburn would leap to three. To see that they leaped up Oklahoma as well and went to two just tells me that loss that Alabama has is not going to be held against them the same way Ohio State losing to Iowa is. It's just not going to hurt them. They will fill in the gap when somebody loses. They'll get a little healthier before a playoff game. Alabama will. And I'm just thinking, going through the process of, all right, it yeah, was that Auburn. quarterback injuries excused and in, in other injuries for teams, other than that Oregon offensive lineman that was referenced every week for a month. Right. No, the, the Alabama linebackers have been referenced for a few weeks now. Yeah, but I don't feel like. Well, they're sitting, with, at, fi- they're sitting at five. But where else would you put them? Who would you they, put ahead of them? I you actually would have put, put them at four. Oh, yeah. See, if I were doing the rankings last night, I would have put them four, right. knowing that I was going to put Wisconsin ahead of them later on. I would have had Oklahoma one. I don't know why Penn State's ahead of USC or TCU. Who has Penn State beat? I, Michigan? I, like they're good, they're they have good losses, I guess, compared to... Michigan State's not a good loss. Yeah. I would have gone Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio Auburn, State was Wisconsin close. in that order. So what would you have done? Oklahoma one as well. I agree with you on that. Yep. Clemson two, yep. Auburn three, Wisconsin four. I'm honestly good with any way you want to shake up one, two, three right now, based off of everything I've seen. Auburn... Auburn right now, if you tell me their running back's healthy, carry on Johnson. Auburn is the team I don't want to play the most. Then it's it's tough between Clemson and Oklahoma. Mayfield scares the death out of me. But their defense is, you know, you can keep up in a, in, in a back and forth. Clemson's a more complete team. But, I, yeah, I, I just think you're kind of pulling hair, hairs between those those three. Some split hairs. Yeah, I don't or pull pull, hairs, Pulling no. whatever. The BC is flirting. <laughs> all right. We're going to no, ask Kirby Hoke. Her, uh, we'll ask Kirby Hoke about all this stuff. Our weekly visit. You can't, I'll pull your hair. If you, <laughs> you, have, could, if yeah. you have some. I understand. Oh. McShane. <laughs> uh, you can pull on beard if you want. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was trying to do a tease. Turned now. around on you. Now I'm hurting inside so badly <laughs> I can't do it. Kirby Hoke next, ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. 
have solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Clemson Tigers are the new number one in the latest college football playoff rankings. There's an easy path for the committee here where they're hoping it just chalks out and they don't have to make any difficult decisions. Alabama in the last three weeks has not looked like the Alabama that we're giving them credit for. It's such a great slate coming up this weekend that could just blow everything up again. The college football playoff on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Who's in? The playoff rankings out last night. And we are lucky enough here on the Rosillo Show, Will Kane, Todd McShade today to be joined every Wednesday on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Get instant gold status at Shell. Join the Fuel Rewards program now at fuelrewards.com slash gold. It's Kirby Hoka. What's up, man? How are you today? Good afternoon. How are you guys? We're doing well, man. We're excited and we're taking a look at all the stuff. And I think I want to start here. Okay. Uh, people really beat you guys up for saying that conference championships are part of your criteria. And what I've always tried to point out to people is, okay, it's a criteria that's a tiebreaker when you see the teams as ties. And when you go on TV, like you did last night with Reese, and say all these teams are close, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a tie, right? So when you're using conference championship, like how close does that do those two teams have to be for that to be then the tiebreaker? Well, that's that's a great question, and you're exa- you're exactly right in that the commissioners have given the selection committee great flexibility uh, in identifying the four very best teams in college football for uh, the semifinals. Um, they've said that when um, there's razor thin margins, when there's little separation between these teams, they've instructed us to use four criteria: uh, conference championships. Uh, strength of schedule, head-to-head if it should occur, and the outcomes against uh, any common opponents. Um, you know, when I, I say that uh, there's teams one through four or teams five through eight are, are close, um, you know, we, we get into the details of talking about uh, relative scoring offense, scoring defense. Uh, we look at special teams performance. We look at points per possession on offense, uh, plays um, per point on offense and defense. We look at, at strength of schedule. We look at conference championships uh, on on Saturday night and Sunday when we have those metrics in front of us as, as ways to separate these teams. So when I say these teams are close, we're getting to where we're looking at common opponents. We're getting to where we look at head-to-head matchups. We, you know, we want that conference championship uh, criteria there to help us differentiate between these teams and to, to separate them. So, you know, conference championships, when we get to the end of the season, um, as we will on Saturday night, they, they become very important as we, we talk about these teams. Unless the selection committee thinks that unequivocally one team is better than the other, which was proven last year when you had an Ohio State team who did not win their conference championship but was selected to participate in in the semifinals so um, conference championships to answer your question Ryan are very important especially uh, when we get to the end of the season when we're trying to separate these teams okay so using last year's example you go hey look Penn State Big Ten champs we sit in this room we today think Ohio State is the better of the teams we're putting them in the playoff okay I understand that so am I led to believe then the committee wakes up today and goes we believe Wisconsin is the better football team than Alabama even without that conference championship 
Uh, yes, that that is correct. Um, that is correct. But and, and I would say that you know that, uh, that there was no um, debate. I, we were we were really confident as a selection committee, um, based on our discussions that we had Monday and Tuesday, that we have the right four teams in front of us. But you know, got to keep in mind that uh, there's only one team out of our top eight this week that is not going to play. Uh, this coming this coming weekend. So we've got seven of our top eight teams that have a chance to, to strengthen uh, their resume and to make an impression positively or negatively on the selection committee uh, this this coming weekend. Hey, Kirby, it's Will Kane. Um, so there's 13 of you guys in this room. Can you explain to me how uh, the recusal policy is going to work? I know some of these guys have affiliations with their f- different schools involved in the debate. How does that work? Who's going to be picking these teams? Well, we're, we're all in the room, but the recusal policy is, is published, and I, I think uh, people understand the reason for it. Any time that um, a school that you're associated with or a family member of yours is associated with, um, in, in the case of, of Coach Frank Beamer, when we talk about Virginia Tech, uh, Frank still retains some type of compensation or stadium suite premium seating at Virginia Tech, so he's recused. But he also has a child, a, a son, who's a coach at Georgia. So anytime we talk or we vote on Georgia, Coach Beamer's recused from from that vote as well. So um, Gene Smith will not participate in any vote in which uh, Ohio State is um, under consideration. Dan Radakovich will not participate in any vote in which Clemson is under consideration. Frank Beamer will not vote when Georgia is under consideration. We also have the uh, flexibility to expand our recusal policy, and we did that last year, and I uh, plan to, to do that same thing this year. So uh, we would not, uh, depending upon what happens this week, but say the rankings uh, stay as as they are, just as an example here, Dan Radakovich would not participate in any votes that would uh, possibly influence who Clemson's opponent was in the semifinals. So we've got the flexibility to extend our recusal um, procedures if need be, and, and that's something that we did last year and, and we would do again this year if uh, if that situation presents itself. Kirby, you're, you're just talking to us here. Nobody else outside of here is, is listening. <laughs> Honest moment. Somewhere, maybe even subconsciously, but somewhere in in the brain, you've got to be thinking, man, if Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin all just went out, whew, we dodged a bullet. Well, well, no, you know, I we we talked um, at the at the end of our meeting on Tuesday because it it you know come come Saturday or Sunday actually, um, there's six of us that this will be uh, our our last meeting as a part of the college football playoff selection committee and you know Tyrone Willingham who is in his last year spoke about you know how important serving on on this body was for him to give back to a game that has meant so much to his his life and and not his coaching career Tyrone started talking about his dream of of playing college football and being undersized and, and how somebody took a, a chance on him and, and what that translated to. And we sitting in that room, we can't wait till this weekend to watch these games with everybody else. That's what makes college football 
great and such a big part of our society today. So it, it's exciting, and we look forward to watching these games and however they turn out. The one thing we know, we're never going to make everybody happy, but um, we're charged to, to identify the four very best teams, and, and we'll do that come Saturday night and Sunday. Good answer to a stupid question. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kirby, enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks as always for the time. Well, thanks, guys. Have a All great right. one. Kirby Hocutt from the College Football Playoff Committee. The Rosilla Show, Will Kane, Todd McShay today, reminding you to watch all three hours of the show on ESPN News. Top of next hour, Darren Moose Johnson is going to join us, see if Will can contain himself here a little bit. Uh, we're going to get back to the Eli stuff, the latest with the Tennessee deal. But up next, rapid-fire draft questions for McShay as we finish out the college football regular season right here on ESPN Radio. I have to go to the gym and untangle my headphones while warming up on the treadmill. And I'll finally untangle them four miles later, at which point I'm going to be real tired! Oh, yeah! Motorcycles make everything exciting. And when GEICO makes it easy to switch and save on motorcycle insurance, it's even more exciting. And once I put my headphones in, I'll realize my phone's dead! Then I get to run in silence! GEICO Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Who in the committee room, who is the guy every week? Because you know there's one. There's... I will bet you any amount of money. There's one where when this person decides to kind of take the floor and argue their case, everyone rolls their eyes and goes, here we go, Will Kane again. That was the fifth time I talked with my mic off. Uh, I'm sure he would have given you a straight answer on that. What if he just came out and said, Alvarez can get a little (laughs) long-winded? I mean, I was messing around with him, and he went to a a teary speech from yeah he gave yeah he really messed yeah. with your yeah that was that was bad that was good that was good he, yeah political spin you know he's i mean he's becoming a pro he gave you a story about tyron willingham feeling like football gave him life right after you asked hey you hope to dodge a bullet this weekend <laughs> so and i don't i'm sure barry alvarez is great in that room but I, I you know that there's somebody else they go oh god this guy's takes are the worst Listen, you, <laughs> you can recuse barry alvarez but something tells me barry's He's good in the other rooms, you know? <laughs> uh, well, look, he's going to have his work cut out for him this weekend. But are we all in agreement, then, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State, yes. we believe Wisconsin should be in? Agreed. Yeah, Barry's not on it, just just for the record. Oh, Barry's oh, yeah, not? Right now. No, no, Barry's no, no. on it. He's off he, now? Yeah. yeah. You never know. I'm just kidding. He was on, I've, uh, I've lost track. I used to keep up with it, memorize everybody. It's Jeff Long. On. Let's move on. Jeff Long. Okay. <laughs> nice. Men's tennis. The Rosilla Show uh, on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Now you can test drive Snapshot to see how much you can save before switching to Progressive. Visit Progressive.com forward slash Snapshot. little music, if you could. We'll get back to Eli's benching with Cowboy great Daryl Moose Johnson. Okay, McShay, the end of the regular season, so we've got a bunch of rapid-fire draft questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. Who surprised you the most? I think the... The quarterbacks in general, the struggles. Because I've never gone on into a year thinking... This is going to be kind of easy. These guys are all so good. And watch three of them at the top, uh, Josh Rosen, Allen, Josh Allen from Wyoming, and um, and Sam Darnold. Darnold from USC all have different kinds of struggles, but struggles. You know, I told you, I felt like I was a, a defense lawyer all fall. All fall. What's wrong with your boys? The McShay three. Okay, therefore, <laughs> then question number two, who's going to be the top quarterback once all said and done? If I had to bet right now, I would say Josh Rosen. He outplayed Darnold by such a long margin, such a big margin in that game. And you don't base it off of one game, but he has advanced in terms of his his pocket passing. Darnold has regressed a little bit because of everything around him, I believe, getting in some bad habits. But um, I would say right now I would, I would bet on Rosen. 
Do you think Rosen has a better career than Darnold? Mm. Whew, good one. No. Whoa, he's still hanging on. Still hanging on. I love it. Okay, um, what went wrong with one player? I know you don't like to do this to the kids, but give me somebody you just go, I don't know what happened. Josh Sweat is a defensive end from Florida State. His production's solid, and he's a good player. I just I thought he was going to take it to another level. He was healthy coming into this year, and I thought he was going to be one of those elite pass rushers that really climbed up. And um, he's a good player. He's still going to be in the first few rounds, but I, I thought he might have a chance to move into that like top 10 range. Just didn't get there. Who's the biggest difference maker in this draft? Difference maker. Probably Saquon Barkley, running back. So that could have been either side of the ball, and you're just going Yeah, it, Yeah, difference maker. Okay, so then what's Saquon Barkley's floor? I'm not talking about as a player, but the lowest he could go in the draft. I would be really surprised if he's not a top 10 pick. So 10 is the floor. 10 is the floor, okay. Yeah. All right, you put your money on it right now. Who will be number one overall? Rosen. Josh Rosen, UCLA quarterback. What if it's the Browns, though? Would they trade back and take? Yeah, and it still will be Rosen to a team moving up to get a quarterback. I'm telling you right now, I'm rooting for it. Of course you are. I'm rooting for it. I want them to be like, yeah, just another year we don't really like these guys. Because I do think that a lot of the criticism is unfair, so I'd like to see them double down on it. Like, you know oh, you sorry, s- we didn't take the FCS kids? Sorry. You know how you can see certain guys in certain uniforms, see certain guys in certain cities, and go, eh, that makes sense. Josh Rosen in a Cleveland, Cleveland Browns uniform does not make sense. No. Would Josh Rosen, Allen makes more sense. Yeah. Would Rosen go, you know what? No. Would yes, he, pull he would. Eli? I think I feel comfortable saying yes, he would. <laughs> you're, just, you're just going with it. There are rumors about Darnold. But... That, right. Uh, that was yeah. the whole Darnold story. Okay, give me, speaking of small schools, give me a small school guy, the first guy to go. Dallas Godair, go go dirt, go dirt. I hope go-dare. it's not go dirt. I think it's go dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is from go-dare. South Dakota State. He's going to be the first Maybe tight end. I think the first tight end taken in this year's draft. There's a PBR bull rider named Ryan Dirt Eater. You like that? Is it Dirt Eater his real last name? Mm-hmm. I think he's Native American or he has uh, connections. But yeah, it's Dirt Eater. So go dirt could be it. I'm just saying. I'm sure um, I'll know in uh, two minutes. Twitter. How many quarterbacks will go in the first round? Oof, tough one. The over-under Vegas will set will be three and a half, I would guess. And I would... If Darnold's out, you're taking the over. If, Somebody else yeah, is going to take Mason Is Darnold, Rudolph. Rosen, if they Baker? both come out, Josh Allen will still wind up going, even though he's, he's struggled this year and he's got the shoulder injury. He's just too talented for uh, you know an organization not to take a chance. And I think Baker Mayfield has a chance. I think he's played his, his way into a possibility of being a first-round draft pick. So that leaves Mason Rudolph... And Lamar Jackson on the yep. outs. Where does Lamar Jackson end up going? Oh man, I, maybe second round somewhere because team's taking a chance on his ability to develop. I wish he would go back another year. Although I don't know how much it would help. I just think he needs to get bigger and stronger. He's got a lot of room to still improve as a pocket passer and accuracy and, and the most important aspects of it. But you can't coach what he has. So I, a team will take a chance on him. Probably in day two, it would be my guess. When you click on a mock draft that's not your owner, Mel's, and you see Lamar Jackson going three to the Giants, do you read the rest of the mock draft? Ask Will. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) One hour in the books with McShay. Eli Manning benched. What's going on with the Cowboys? Uh, A guy that is a legend with his franchise, Daryl Moose Johnson. That's next right here. The Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio.